today's message is entitled Life. And that's kind of what we need today. We need life. Because so many times we find ourselves stuck feeling stuck, <laughs> stuck feeling stuck. And why is that? A lot of times, what we want to happen doesn't happen. And what we want for there to be some kind of movement, it just kind of stays stuck. When we look at life, we look for guarantees, right? We look for things that will help us in this pursuit of happiness. Because it's when we are guaranteed, like, that's why we go to school, don't we? Or that's why we, you know, continue to do what we do, is because. A lot of times, as we pursue happiness, we end up, or we think that you know, we're onto something. But are they really guarantees? No. When we look at America, you know, so many people come to America for this thing called the American dream. But when we look at the American dream, it's not really something that is guaranteed. It's something that's crumbling. But so many people live to pursue this dream, pursue happiness, pursue riches, pursue you know, safety. Even people that have achieved it, there's so many people that are still suffering even though they have reached the top. They have the money, they have the businesses, they have so many things going for them, but then why are their lives still miserable? We have to look at what is worth living for. Because if we know what's worth living for, we start to know what is worth dying for. Our goal so many times is just, let me just minimize uncertainty. Let me try to minimize areas in my life that I'm less secure in. But are we really free? Are we really guaranteed? Are we really secure? We have to look at our reality. And when we look at our reality, there's so many things to be anxious about, right? When it, when it comes to life, there's so many things to be anxious about. Why? Because we have no control. We have no control of our future. We have no control of our current circumstances. And so we just cover our basic needs, right? Food, clothing, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. But today's passage is not Jesus saying to his disciples, hey, don't worry about food or clothing. <laughs> you know, just follow me and yeah, don't worry about food and clothing. That's not the message. What Jesus is asking us to look at is our priority. Another way of thinking about this is asking this question. If your basics are covered, food, clothing, let's say even you know, money, Let's say that's all covered. What next? What are you going to live for? What is actually worth living for at that point? If all your basics are met. And a lot of people don't get there. They're just stuck being busy. They're stuck just living for the basics. And they can't think beyond that to impact the world that is around them. And God 
through the word today, is speaking to us to show us, look, though your reality may seem this way, there is a greater priority. And in following that priority, our basics are going to be met to fulfill that calling. So we need to look at then our lifestyle. What is your priority today? What are you living for? Is it God's plan or is it your plan? If you look at this picture, our plan looks like kind of like this, right? <laughs> Everything should go smoothly and I should just go straight to my goal. But when you look at reality, there's some pitfalls, there's some, you know, huge chasms. There's seas and rivers and oceans. There's a lot of problems when we look at our reality. But when we follow our plan only, all these little obstacles become disappointments. So many people live in disappointment only. That's their life, is disappointment. First obstacle, oh man, I was supposed to go straight to my goal. This is another detour disappointment. Oh man, there's a forest here. Disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. If you constantly live in disappointment, what does that do to your soul? It, it rots it. What's taking place in your heart becomes a rotten to the point where we don't see what we're living for. But when we follow God's plan, these different obstacles are not problems. But through each obstacle we face, God has prepared answers. They're no longer disappointments, but they become answers. What is God showing me through this obstacle, through this circumstance? Through this impossibility, how is God making it then possible so I can move on, so I can go to the main goal. And that's what we have to discover. What is the goal then? We have to understand no matter how you live, whether a believer or not believer, you're going to have anxieties. You're going to have worries. That's just life. But if we are able to kind of transcend above those anxieties, what is the goal? What is the point of this life? It's to discover God's bigger plan. Discovering my today. What is God trying to show me today? And how do we discover that? We discover that through this time. By holding on to the word. Praying with the word. And the answers that we receive, being able to use, utilize that for evangelism. When we start seeing how God communicates in this way, we start to see his plan unfold. God's greater picture is for us to reach this world that is without answers, to reach this world with this gospel of Jesus Christ, to reconcile a broken world back to the creator God who has made the way for us so that we can be made new to address this fundamental problem. We were once separated from God, 
God restored that in Jesus Christ. We're no longer separated. We're stuck in sin. We don't have to remain in sin anymore because of what Christ has done as the priest. Stuck under Satan's authority in Jesus Christ, that has been resolved. Where we're no longer following the narrative of Satan, but we're following God's narrative, his story for our lives. Our conclusion here today is this. Isaiah 6.13. Can we read this together? Let's read this together. Ready, go. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Amen. The reason why I bring this passage, this is in reference to Israel. They were constantly under slavery, constantly under captivity. They were constantly being beaten down to the point of just being a stump. What is a stump? Like a leftover tree, right? It doesn't look very significant. But it is through this stump that God was going to birth his life movement. That is the holy seed. But when we actually go into the Hebrew word for stump, it actually means pillar of an altar. God is calling us not to just be a stump, (laughs) but he's calling us to be a place of worship in our field. This word, uh, it's metzbet. And this word means pillar of an altar. This is the word that is being used for stump. Where wherever God is calling us to be, as broken as we are, as insignificant as we feel like we are, God is calling us to establish worship in our field. Once again, going back to what we talked about earlier, to establish worship is to establish these three things, our three todays. If we simply hold on to the word, simply pray with the word, and hear and receive God's answers through his word, evangelism will take place. Evangelism isn't what we think it is. When we go to college campuses, we see arguments, we see open-air preachers yelling at students, calling them all kinds of names, but never preaching the gospel. Uh, I went to, I shared this last week as well, two weeks ago at uh, George Mason University, there was an open-air preacher, and the environment was very toxic. Students were making fun of him, and he's just yelling back at them. Everyone's heart is closed. And the gospel was not being preached. He was preaching legalism, saying, you guys are this, you guys are that. And everybody is yelling back. This is not evangelism. This is just arguing. And arguing, people's hearts are closed. They don't want to listen. They're unwilling to hear your idea or hear your side of things. God, he has evangelism prepared through you, through our lives. As we cling to God's word, God starts to open the doors of evangelism. There are people that I've become connected to just by holding on to the gospel that otherwise I would never 
have been connected to. There's brothers and sisters from the Ethiopian community that I'm connected to. I didn't plan that. I did not, God just made that happen through this evangelism movement. I got connected to students in Belize. That's not something that I planned. It's not something like, you know, it's a good idea to impact Central America. Let me try to do something. No. You have to understand, naturally, we don't have world evangelism in our hearts. We don't care about people outside of our community. That's, that's just natural. <laughs> we don't think about other people outside of our community. That is something that only God can change in our hearts. To do world evangelism is a miracle. It's not something that we can decide because it's hard to love people outside of who we already love. It's hard to love people outside of our family, outside of our church, outside of you know, our respective like, communities outside of church as well. We tend to cling to people that we're similar to, think alike. What happens if you go to a community that don't think like you? It'd be very uncomfortable, right? Very, it's like, what do I do? But God is calling us to the world. But we can't do this by ourselves. We need to know his heart. And that's why these three todays are so important. What is the word that I need to hold on to today? Why must I pray so I can actually see my neighbor? That I can actually see the people around me with God's heart, with God's love, not my own love. My, my own love is limited. I love my family. I love my church. I love my friends. But outside of that, how can I love? It's really hard unless you know the love of God. Because when our lives are connected to God, connected to his word, world evangelism is right there. Life movement becomes, it actually starts to begin in your life. When we look at the, the things that are happening around the world with Israel and Palestine, this past week when I went to George Mason University, there was a huge protest of uh, students from or with that background of Palestine, protesting. And there's two sides to this whole war, minus the terrorists and all that stuff. Yes, that's, we need to condemn that. But how can we find an answer in midst of such a broken world? We need to see through God's perspective, God's lens. And as we hold on to his word and really pray, God starts to open the door for the nations. God will connect people to you that are not from your background because of the message that you hold on to. When you hold on to the gospel, when you hold on to this covenant genuinely, God is able to connect the world. And the nations become very close to you. Before, the world seemed so far away, but then as God has been connecting different people to me, the world becomes smaller and smaller. 
even this United States, the more I know people from other states, the United States feels smaller. Oh, I know somebody from California. Oh, I know somebody from uh, Georgia. We have a guest from Georgia. <laughs> um, I know somebody, you know, down in Texas. I know somebody up in like the Michigan area. I know these people. And so then the United States becomes <laughs> smaller and smaller. And the reach seems more doable than before. This is the workings of God that I cannot do. But God is already doing that work throughout the believers in the world. And as we connect to God's plan, as we connect to his network, we start to see world evangelism actually take place. And you guys are part of it. Our church is part of it. This is what we need to pursue, knowing that God is calling us to be this holy seed, this pillar of an altar, this stump, so we can establish worship throughout the field. Because if there's no one that's worshiping in the field, then that field is just stuck in darkness. There's no answer. It's only just people and the best solution that they can come up with, but people are people. They're not perfect. They're not God. So there's a lot of failure points. But when we pursue the God of the universe, God of creation, God who is with us, the God of Israel, the God who has come to this earth, Jesus, who is the Christ, we have an answer.